Hello everyone, welcome to the Like-Minded Podcast. This is season two, and who thought we would survive season one and get into season two? My name is Bob Towers. I'm an actor, writer, artist, and co-host of this podcast. And with me today is my my very, very, very good friend and colleague, Caitlin Bradley. Caitlin, how are you? Hello, hello. I'm fine. How are you? I wondered, I thought you were going to call me the horse again now. I, I still no, no, can't believe you called me. What did you say? Tell them again. You were the feisty, uh, fiery, feisty filly from the files, which I thought I was a great description. Yeah, I thought that was an amazing name. I was like, all right. Googled it. It's a horse. It's a ginger horse. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. I absolutely hate you. Well, actually, um, you know, people. People only listen to our podcast and, and they don't know what we look like. So um, so I, I think I will describe us then for our listeners. Um, Caitlin uh, dyes her hair so many times that it's so many colours, but it's every shade of, of, of ginger. Um, I, I am in my dotage and look like I'm 300 years old, but I'm in fact not. And for Andrew, our producer, Andrew Smith, if you um, if you've ever watched um, German porn films in the 1980s, you'll know exactly <laughs> what what Adam uh, what Andrew Smith looks like. So can you even say that? <laughs> well, you know. Yeah. Oh, you have. Oh well, whatever goes. <laughs> right, Caitlin. Caitlin, I'm dead excited about our guest today because we have got with us um, the people from Perception Theatre. And I, I tell you why I love this group, because they are raw, gritty, they're passionate about what they do, and they are community driven. So, my God, what, what more do you need from, from a exactly. theatre group? So let, let's, let's welcome them. So welcome um, uh, Joe Roberts and Bobby Lee Scott. Welcome, guys. How are you? Hello. <laughs> Hi, Hello. thanks uh, so much for having us on. Yeah, no, honestly, it's a real pleasure. We were saying just before, uh, we're quite starstruck that we've actually made it onto the podcast as we listen to it so much. <laughs> oh, that is so lovely no, honestly, to hear. Really no is. one's ever said that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great, honestly. It's, it's brilliant to be on and just sort of obviously the lockdown and stuff like that. It's... Uh, I mean, we've just been very much sort of doing our thing, but obviously we can't like meet up with people and we can't really collaborate with people due to COVID and stuff. So just having a conversation with other artists, it's absolutely fantastic, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. It definitely and, and brings that fire back in your belly. I love doing these. It yeah. just, it keeps yeah. you pumped. It keeps you like motivated to be like, you know, yeah. this is going back and it's going to come back with a bang. But yeah, it just drives you. And yeah. we were so lucky to have this throughout the whole of last year. Well, not the whole of last year, since March last year. But yeah. So let, let's yeah. start off then. Um, tell us um, what is Perception Theatre? How did you start it? Where did it all come from? What's your ethos? Tell, tell us. Right, okay. Um, so uh, Perception Theatre started mm -hmm. back in uh, like late, say, 2019. Um, at the time, we were working as touring actors for another applied theatre show. And what sort mm -hmm. of happened was that we were we were touring this show sort of, you know, centered around really like complex social issues and like sort of tackling complex social issues that were going on 
um, in other cities, but in actual fact, mm. our city has a real big problem with, with knife crime. Um, mm. Every time we would come home from touring, it was just like, you know, a, a, another young person stabbed. Um, and we were like, you know, we need to do something about this for, for our city, you know. So um, we decided to, 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 to write a piece um, and that piece was entitled Cut. And uh, we managed to sort of do like a bit of an R&D on it, on a, like a bit of a whimsical budget, if you say. Um, and then we, we got it in front of an audience. Um, and when we got it in front of an audience, it just it just took off, really. And this was back in, say, January 2020, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, what was it? I can't remember. Yeah, it was between. Yeah, about around that time. But um, that, that, that preview managed to get us some funding. So uh, we were set to tour it across Merseyside and Cheshire. Um, but then it obviously COVID hit and we, we, we couldn't do yeah. that. So yeah. we were very much sort of like, right, okay, well, well what are we going to do now? And sort of, like you said, there's just sort of talking about our ethos. Um, our ethos is to uh, spark conversation. Uh, well, first of all, challenge perceptions by sparking conversation through the power of theatre and now mm. interactivity. Um, so we sort of, obviously we didn't have the interactivity bit back then, but um, we were sort of like, you know, how can we still challenge and spark conversations when we can't get into a, a you know, a theatre space or can't get into somewhere where we can have an audience? Um, we were like, you know, can we start making films? Yeah, yeah, we can. Um, but we, we were heavily, heavily inspired and, and um, you know, heavily motivated by Black Mirror's yeah. Bandersnatch. And that method of storytelling and, and that sort of that 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 experience that you have when you watch that. So we were like, can we do it? <laughs> can we do it with so much, uh, you know, such a small team? And it was like, yeah, you know, once we worked it out and we, you know, we got in touch with a couple of people and stuff like that. It was like, yeah, we definitely can do it. And, you know, we managed to get some funding and we, and we did do it. And, and sort of what, say, nine, ten months down the line. Here we are. Yeah, we're on to our third. third Here you are, definitely. And... Yeah. Uh, uh, about the, the funding, tell us um, about how you set it up as a not-for-profit organisation and uh, how all that works. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we, we, we're obviously a not-for-profit organisation. All the profits that we make are invested directly back into um, the objectives of the company, uh, the objectives of the company. So uh, the objectives of the company is is, is essentially to, to use theatre and film now um, to inspire and spark social change. Um, yeah, so all the profits that we make are just invested into that. If we do make a profit, that is. Because <laughs> yeah. it's obviously, as you know, it's, it's quite difficult to make a profit in, in, in a creative job, unless it's some form of Netflix thing or something like that. <laughs> well, absolutely. But I think, you know, one of the things that, that strikes me is that the main point of this is engaging with the children and young people um, around yeah. really important issues. Um, what, what kind of feedback have you had from, from young people that, that have uh, seen your productions that it's, it's made them think somehow? Do you, do you know, do you, are you able to measure that you've made a difference? Yeah, so um, through the experiences that we, we now create, I mean, before we, because the, the reason that we went down the interactive approach was because we were heavily inspired, but also um, we're, we're quite inspired by, by the power of like data uh, and data collection and how data can really sort of help prevent um, complex issues taking place in the first place. So um, 
what we were going to do was was when we were going to talk cut across Merseyside and Chester was we were going to just do like a simple questionnaire and just sort of further understand for ourselves how young people feel about these issues, but then also further understand um, sort of uh, what they thought about our work. Because what we can do is then we can make it better and stuff like that. Now, the interactivity, um, we can really measure uh, what people are thinking about our work, but also what people are thinking about these issues and also what people would do if they found themselves in, in, in these situations. Now, the Branching Stories project, it's not just a project that raises, you know, the, the interactive films aren't just interactive films that raise awareness around important issues. They're also interactive films that raise awareness around important issues, but also collect data as well. So every choice that participants make inside of our experiences, they're all linked to like data spreadsheets, so yeah. we can essentially, at the end of the project, we can analyze all that and we can say, right, okay, 50, let's say, for instance, in, in lockdown, um, there was a moment inside of that film and um, it was essentially where the character was was faced with the opportunity to use violence in an abusive relationship. So mm-hmm. we we posed that through a choice. Um, so what that breaks down is in, into our spreadsheet is, would you use violence as a means to escape an abusive relationship? And essentially they were linked to the two choices. So we can then break it down. So right, okay, well, say these are just numbers that I'm plucking out of thin air, but 30% of people would use violence or 30% of yeah, yeah. 18 to 25 year olds w- would do that. Um, but then at the end, so that's one way that we can collect that them sort of statistics, but and then them statistics and, and that sort of feedback, that's for professionals to sort of look mm-hmm. at and go, right, okay, could we gear any of our prevention strategies based upon yes. this data? But what we've got from the sort of like the feedback from the young people is we've got a, a space at the end where it's sort of like a questionnaire, you know, questionnaire. Do you think this is a useful uh, method in raising awareness around this issue? Um, you know, and a number of different questions and also comments box and stuff like that. And the feedback that we've had over um, both lockdown and offline um, are two, two branching stories has been absolutely phenomenal. And, and we're so humbled by it aren't we yeah it's not until we sort of process the data and looked at the feedback that you really really sinks in how much of a difference the work is making and how much of a, a change it has made and especially during lockdown when communication's limited anyway and, and sort of resources are a little bit limited and everything is online and I think having something that was online but quite interesting and had a lot of value to it but was like a, a fun experience in the sense that the fact that you do get to make those choices along the way very much immerses you into the narrative and into that world of the protagonist in the story. I think, um, yeah, it, it, it's made a real difference. And as Joe said, we've been very humbled yeah. by it and we've still still receiving feedback now off those two projects, aren't yeah. we? So and I, th- I think as well, like um, the in terms of the feedback we've received, it's made us better as well. And that's that's the joy yeah. of it. You know, it, like we're very much, we, we, we never want to become stale. We always want to get yeah. better. We always want to push the boundaries of, of what it means for us as, as individuals uh, and the company itself of what it means to be a, a creative arts company, you know, yeah. um, and, and just keep striving to get better. And in turn, that will obviously sort of better communities as well, we think. Oh, the, no, that, that is brilliant. And I just love that approach. And I think... This is why we. This is why we do theatre because the people watching it, and and in, in your case, uh, a, a lot of the time it's it's young people looking at a story on stage or on screen or whatever, where 
the protagonist is actually then. So they are seeing the, the protagonist confront some of the issues that they are, are, are confronting all in their own lives or will be confronting. And in some ways, it's a rehearsal for how they're going to deal with it in, in their own lives. So I, I just love that approach. And I just think that, you know, um, that's a way to prepare people to, um, to handle things better. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that's where, that's where we, we, you know, we, we think like the, the, although like sort of like everything that happened with, um, obviously over this past year with sort of like the landscape of the country and the landscape of the arts and stuff like that, like, you know, we've been in such a fortunate position and so blessed to be able to, to be able to adapt this model of work and adapt this model of work to, to actually help people, not only just through these issues, but whilst uh, i mean because look you know when lockdown hit issues like domestic abuse issues like cyberbullying issues like sort of like our current project now like illegal money lending they've obviously just rocketed but the problem is is you know due to lockdown some services are limited i mean not all services are limited but you know it's 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 allowing us to sort of still raise awareness around these issues and still get into the you know get into these you know vulnerable people essentially uh, with these important messages you know so we're we're just so blessed and we're we're so thankful that that we have been able to do that just to go off what joe said as well as much as like our work's definitely about helping communities and people and, and inspiring that so, so social change i think another sort of thing that drives us as well is being able to open up um opportunities for other yeah. creatives and actors and for people to come on mm-hmm. board with our projects because with offline and lockdown we couldn't do that because we were really in the thick of lockdown but um, with this project we're working on at the moment shark We've been fortunate enough that through obviously taking um, the necessary like COVID measures and stuff, we've been able to employ two actors to come on board um, and open up an internship for uh, a, a young girl who's working with us at the minute. Um, she's like an aspiring camera off, isn't yeah, yeah. she? So she's been very much getting on board with that. And um, we're hoping to secure more funding to be able to do that and bring more creatives on board to, to come and work with us and and very much make it a collaborative process as well. Because yeah. it's really difficult to do it with such a small team, you know what I mean? Yeah. Trying to just shoot a film regardless, you know, is, is difficult in itself. Trying to write a script is, is yeah. difficult <laughs> in itself, you know, but sort of trying yeah. to do what we're doing, we're, we're very aware that we're sort of... Um, we're sort of... We're, we're, we're trying to jump really high with with these projects yeah, and, and yeah. you know to yeah. make them the best that they can be um you know we, we we're aware that we need to collaborate and we're aware that we need to sort of you know get them conversations with going with other creatives because it's just going to make that work all that better all that more better you know yeah and i just think you're still quite a new company aren't you you set up in yeah. 2019 yeah. Honestly, you're so upcoming. It's going to be insane. Where are you going to go? Honestly, I'm so excited to watch your journey. But where do you think, what's the next step for you? Obviously, when COVID is acceptable, where we can go back into schools and things like that, where where is it going to go? Yeah, um, so... I mean, we don't know. Um, we don't. We, we we don't know yet for a number of different reasons. Obviously, we've yeah. got a couple of things in the pipeline. Like we've got 
sort of talking in the like the immediate future i'm talking like next month next month yeah. we're going to be releasing our latest project which is entitled shark which is yeah. it's not a branching story because it doesn't have the data um mm. intertwined into it just because of funding uh, restraints and things like that but it is going to be an interactive film that raises awareness around legal money lending mm-hmm. um so that's going to be released next month but then we're also in the process of putting in a, an arts council application to turn our original applied theater production um cut into a film but it's going to be massively adapted um well it's going to be turned into a branching story really uh, it's going to be massively adapted and it's going to be the biggest project that we've worked on so far and um, usually we you know we'll work on a project for about four or five months and we've got a sort of like a strict regime that we follow that this must be done by this time yeah. that must be done by that time but um with that one, you know, we're, we're allowing ourselves that time and space to 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 to, to really make it um, what it needs to be to make that difference. Um, and because we started this company to to, to essentially tackle knife crime initially, um, yeah. you know, we 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 feel like the sort of if we want the piece to have that resonance that it had in a in a theatrical environment that we need to give it that time to really adapt it for screen. Um, but obviously, you know, when when COVID does lift. Um, we've we've got a number of different projects on on the go at the minute yeah. in terms of applied theatre productions that can go back into mm-hmm. schools because you know yeah. that's where we we, we we do love that that sort of I mean you know I I as as I mentioned earlier I've never trained in like media or film or anything like that yeah. nor as Bobby nor as yeah. any of the team um you know we we we're, we're actors and, and and theatrical actors as well believe it or not you know so yeah. um, it's really you know we're just really excited to to, to get back into into theatre spaces just to perform as well well that that's one of the, one of the things I wanted to ask and maybe Bobby you you could comment on this um. What changes have you had to make in terms of being a stage actor to then turn your hand to being a, a, a film actor where, where you, you don't have that kind of feedback from an audience and it's kind of yeah. can be stilted? How, how have you found that? It's, I think it's about putting a lot of trust in the team as well. I mean, with Joe being the director and, and us being quite a small team, you always find yourself, like when we sort of set up and we're in production, you find yourself jumping back into character and then having to jump out because you need to be crew elsewhere. So it, it's definitely been challenging um, switching kind of from act, like cast and crew and like the, in a matter mm-hmm. of minutes. But um, mm-hmm. I think it's 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 a, like it's a, an evolving process. I think, and I think the more screen stuff we do, the more you can watch your own performances back and be a little bit more critical and go right, okay that maybe this needs toning down here or that needs toning down there. And I suppose the beauty of film is that if you're not happy with something, you can always go back and redo it. So you are quite lucky in that way. But um, I think for me personally, it's been a massive challenge, but one I've very much enjoyed. And, you know, I am definitely a a theatrical performer. I love (laughs) theatre. I love live performance. And it's just the, the atmosphere is completely different, but they're still both magical. And I think... It's yeah, I think it's just about really putting faith in the team and, and knowing that like, you know, if you need to adapt your performance or anything, that like they're there to kind of secure that and help you through that. So it's it's been a yeah, brilliant experience. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I think that. as well it's like um, you know, for uh, although we've had to, to adapt as sort of like actors, the companies have to adapt as well because yeah. you know, film is a is a whole new 
art form. You know, it's, we've had to learn like a, a whole new creative language in this in the yeah. short space of a couple of months to then release yeah. what we needed to release, you know, in the time frames that we had. As well, even with writing, because yeah. what you tend yeah. to find is that with theatre, you've got that freedom and space that, um, you know, we produce a script, but then if we sort of get it up on its feet and we've got the actors in the room and we get them to ad-lib and allow for a bit of improv um, within the con context of the scene and stuff, you, you find that like new dialogue emerges and that instead you want to use yeah. that instead of what was previously written. Yeah. Whereas with film, it's very much had to be more or less cemented because for the edit, it needs to be exactly the same. And I mm. think that's one thing I've missed um, in terms mm. of doing film in comparison to theatres that you've got that freedom to just change it there and then and go okay yeah we'll roll with that but at the same time I think from a writing perspective it's definitely encouraged me to sort of think like well with film it's striking that balance of what what you say and what we can show as well and yes. you can show an awful lot just in the shots and it's actually you're cutting back on a lot of dialogue because the, the, the way the film's put together is very much the tonality of the story and that says a lot in itself. So I think it's been, yeah, again, it's been a brilliant challenge. It's been difficult, but it's been an amazing one. And I think as from project to project, we're like ever growing and ever evolving. So you always mm. encounter like new challenges, but new mm. little mini victories as well. So it's, it's been brilliant. Yeah. I think we've got to be thankful for lockdown then, haven't we? Because would you have ever chosen to go into that film aspects without this lockdown without this pandemic without yeah. like i suppose we've got to have to be thankful for it what do you think yeah yeah, yeah. that's that's a big thing and that's a big question that we ask ourselves every day you know like would we have ever done this mm -hmm. should lockdown you know yeah it happened you know we don't know we don't we, yeah. we, we, we genuinely don't know but you know, that's where I say, you know, as a company, we count our blessings every single day that we are yeah. able to do this. And we did do this back then because, you know, now we wouldn't be in the position that we're in now, you know. Um, yeah. So it's just, we're just, we're just so thankful. <laughs> well, Everything I, happens I think, for a reason. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Well, I, I think it certainly accelerated your involvement in, in it, if, if not, you know, if not bring it into you entirely. But Loads of theatre groups um, did online productions and stuff uh, since the lockdown. But um, you make a very important distinction between interactive uh, and branching stories. So tell us that. Tell us that distinction in, in more detail, please. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. So um, essentially, you know, uh, this this branching stories and interactive film on the surface. They look the exact same. But the difference is with an interactive film is that an interactive film is just an interactive film where you make choices um, on behalf of a protagonist or to move the story along or something like that. It just depends on story to story. But with a branching story, um, the it's got an interactive film inside of it, but all the choices... Um, and the whole experience it's all got data it's got data intertwined into the whole thing mm -hmm. so at the start of each branching story experience um, we'll ask you you know what, what your gender is we'll ask you how old you are um, we'll ask you where, whereabouts you're from um, and then when you make choices throughout the whole film um, they get logged onto a spreadsheet based upon your age, your gender, and, and your location. And what that allows us to do then is, um, is that the, the the sort of branching stories project it it sort of opens up the door to um, 
who this who this project is actually relevant for as well is because you know when we when we say do a project or something like that you know let's say for instance something around domestic abuse now the people who sort of tackle domestic abuse on the ground level they obviously understand all the all the the elements of it and they understand the issue through and through um so the piece in itself so just a, a you know a film in itself although it'd be great for them um you know it won't sort of be as great for them as it would be for someone who didn't really know about domestic abuse or something like that but what the data allows um for is that it allows for say professionals who are working in the sector to really mm-hmm. further their understanding around what the the, the, the general public's perception of this issue is and what the general public might do should they ever experience this issue or something like that. So it just sort of, it opens up the door to um, wider audiences and and Mm -hmm. in turn sort of allows for, I wouldn't say allows is the right word actually, I'd say it sort of puts us on the right path of tackling this shit, tackling the issue yeah, more yeah. thoroughly, if that makes any any more it, sense. It does, and it actually shows that you are making a difference in young people's lives in a very measurable yeah. way. But yeah. what I'm interested in as, as well is, you've done stuff on domestic abuse, um, cyberbullying, sexting, and now, you know, doing um, loan sharks. How do you know um, and how do you decide which issues you, you are going to focus on because to me, when I think of young people's issues, I think maybe it's what tradies to buy or which <laughs> How do you know what, what, what the issues are that you then kind of produce something around? So, yeah, so with um, the two previous projects, Lockdown and Offline, they were very much in response to issues that had increased because of COVID. Um, because let's face it, I mean, domestic abuse and cyberbullying has been going on for a very long time and it's something mm-hmm. that everyone everyone's aware of, but because of COVID, it really, really increased the, the, those issues and they became a lot more prevalent. So we decided to anchor our, our two projects based upon those issues. But as a result of producing those two films, we were contacted by a representative from England's illegal money lending team who was very much interested in, in what we were doing and wanted to produce a project um, in, alongside of us. Um, so we were like, we were well up for it and we were like, it's a really interesting, really interesting topic. So we've worked a lot with them um, and their findings, their statistics, really unpicking their knowledge about the subject. And then that influences then the story, the writing, the world in which it's set and that sort of thing. Yeah. So that's kind of yeah, and that's and I think as well, you know, for us personally, I mean, you know, Christmas is a hard time for anyone, you know, yeah. no matter who you are, you know. But Christmas in the middle of a pandemic, when people are being made redundant, left, right, and centre, and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, you know, illegal money lending and things like that, obviously, is 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 going to be more prevalent than than ever um so was taking this sort of project on and sort of releasing it when we're, we're going to be releasing it you know it's sort of raising awareness around an important issue that doesn't it does just affect well it it does affect young people but it doesn't just affect young people if that makes sense so yeah. it's sort yeah. of opening up the door to sort of you know not just younger audiences but you know uh, audiences of, of all ages because illegal money lending does affect people of all ages you know um so yeah so if like Bob said, you know, we're just really excited to, to get it out there and, and we really hope that it, it makes a difference. 
Yeah. I mean, the way we sort of see offline and lockdown is that they've been very much like pilot projects to just yeah. get a feel for it and to see if like, you know, it was possible for us to do it, um, see what people think of it and, and, and that sort of thing. So as a result of that, more opportunities have come from it. So for us, we know this is something that we definitely want to keep pursuing on top yeah. of other opportunities and other work as well. Yeah. Do you know what? I, I just love what, what, what you're doing because this is a, a, exactly what, you know, why we got involved in, in theatre to kind of use theatre as a way to, um, to make the world a better place. And that's exactly what, what you're doing. And it's just great that for a load of young people, um, your company will be their first taste of, of drama, um, yeah. of, of real life drama. Because I think it's a challenge for young people when they see so many kind of um, um, mass-produced images of what your life should be like, um, and it's nothing to what like what their uh, what their real life is like. Um, I just think there's now a, a, a big shortage of reality um, for for young people. So I I just love love what what you're doing. Yeah, no, that's it. I mean, like we always say, like any project that we ever embark upon, we always say. We would hate to be a young person today. I mean, it wasn't. I mean, I'm. You know, I'm 24. You're 24. Right? You yeah. know, we were. We were still young, but to yeah. be like a teenager now, yeah. the, the, there's there's I so many it. pressures on young yeah. people, and it's so yeah. difficult. You know, and I don't think young people get the credit that they deserve. You know, um, because like you said, you know, it's. Uh, it is just so difficult because they're exposed to so many things and and, and most things is that they're, they're exposed to this sort of like false reality of how their life should be yeah, or, yeah, you know, and, and yeah. for us, it's about sort of really exposing that, that that isn't a reality, you know, uh, like I, I despise as, as much as we post a lot on social media and stuff like that, I despise social media in terms of that sort of like false reality and this sort yeah. of like... Um, influencer culture and, and how that is reality because in actual fact it's not young people are watching that and um, young mm -hmm. people are learning from that and young people are trying to be that you know and be, because of that young people are sort of getting involved in in things that they shouldn't be doing yeah, yeah. Of, you know and, and, um, and i think you, and i think you've been great in holding the mirror up and showing what what things are really like um and then you know people can um, can find ways to to cope and and to to deal with with those issues, but they more importantly they see that they're not not the only one, um, that these are common issues and they're not alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely, definitely. And yeah. I think okay. as well, I um, mean, yeah. with the in. Sorry, go on, oh, Bobby. Sorry, <laughs> no. I was just going to say, I think with the interactive elements as well, as much as it is to raise awareness and stuff I think it encourages people who maybe aren't experiencing those things to be a little bit more open-minded about those who are and yeah. to get yeah. them to almost look at themselves as well and go what's my part in this what can I do to help someone in that situation or dealing with this so I think the work is very much applicable to everybody and I think a lot of, a lot of the time when we get asked like who's your target audience mm. although the work and the project is aimed at specific age age ranges we're very much like it is for everyone in the grand scheme yeah. of things so yeah. that's it that's it <laughs> okay and how do people find out about perception theatre where you know how, how can they find out what you're working on at the moment how can they contact you give us all your details please 
Not your bank yeah, details, so, your um, Instagram. Can, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sounds. Uh, so uh, people can contact us uh, through our Instagram, which is Perception Theatre Limited, yep. isn't it? Yeah. I think our Facebook is just type in Perce- Perception Theatre. Perception Theatre. Yeah. And then our uh, Twitter is Percep, P-E-R-C-E-P Theatre. Oh why, why do that? I, I, I don't I know. No I don't chance. know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> and, and you've, you've also got um, some really good taster clips on um, on YouTube as well. I I had a look at so, so that's really good too. Yeah, that's it. We're on YouTube as well, but we don't yeah. only post our trailers on there and yeah. things. But obviously, we've got our website as well where you can access our branching stories and things like that. But I'd say if we were going to use one the most, it is probably the three: Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yeah. Uh, probably Instagram the most. Um, it seems you pop in perception theatre it's usually the first thing that comes up and it's a pretty plain logo just black and white perception theatre yeah. that does hey, yeah, we love black and white also thank you so no, so much for joining too. us thanks Joe. thanks Bobby that, that oh, was no, brilliant no thank you honestly. doing what you're doing you're just doing an incredible, great job. Oh, no, honestly, we're so pleased to have you on. Yeah. No, thank right. you so much. So, um, no, thank you enough for having us on. No, it's really our pleasure. So, I need to um, wind up the um, wind up the um, episode now. Now, I always forget to do this, so I'm remembering to do it now, Caitlin. Um, well, if people want to find out information. It's um, likemindedproduction.co.uk. Send yes. us an email. Uh, raters on the on, on wherever you get your podcast from. Thanks very much to Andrew, our, our producer today, who um, is always there for our sticky problems and our whims <laughs> and all that kind of techie stuff. And I do, before we go, tell us your your plans, Caitlin, because we all we all want to know this. Although we probably do uh, have a good idea of what you'll be doing. Um, yes, uh, yeah, I am going to have a gin tonight, because why not? <laughs> why not? Um, I am working tomorrow, though, so yeah. Can, um, can I just say, you, you've got the largest dog in Blackpool as well, haven't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I've got a St. Bernard. <laughs> can I it's suggest you, you, you walk it sometime? Yeah. No, he just walk. No! Because it, it looks like walked, it's never been walked. Walk. It's he can only walk for like 20 minutes. He can't oh, walk that long. God. His paws are too heavy. His, his head is like this big. It's massive. But yeah, he's a good dog. Rubbish guard dog, though. He just sleeps all day. You can literally like, walk over him and he just doesn't even pick his head up. He can't be arsed. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, thank you so, so much. And it's been a pleasure as usual, Bob Towers. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> all right. And uh, see everyone next week. Thank you. Bye now. Bye. Thank you.